Okay, so I'm just going to wing this. Is that okay with you? That's fine with me. Perfect. Okay, so this is Brian Dressel and Nick Friedemann, former co-host of After the Hype. Hi, Nick. Hi, how are you? I'm doing wonderful. How is Canada? Ah, fucking snowy. It snowed <laughs> yesterday, all day. That's exciting. So it's like it's... 80 degrees here. Oh, you <laughs> son of a... <laughs> uh, it's so probably for... going to continue snowing for like a month, by the way. That's what we get for living north of the wall. I know, it's true. Um, so for those of you who uh, are not familiar with After the Hype, that's totally fine. You can check us out. You probably found us in the same feed, either on Spotify or iTunes or something like that, which is awesome that we're on Spotify now. Still very excited about that. Um, but essentially, uh, back in the day, Nick turned me on to a little show called The Venture Brothers, and I have been wildly obsessed with it ever since. Uh, I knew a, a little bit before Nick and I were friends, because it came out way before I met him, but... Uh, I didn't really start watching it until he turned me on to it, so when I thought about starting a new podcast about the Venture Brothers, he was obviously the first person I reached out to. Yeah. Uh, uh, Nick, where did you come to Venture Brothers from? Um, bizarrely, I came to it also through somebody else. Uh, they showed me... A f- a f- you remember Sean, right? Yeah, yeah of okay. course. Sean basically showed me the second season midway through. I think the first episode I ever saw was the... Uh, and I can't remember the name of it, but it's the part two episode that never has a part one. Okay. <laughs> which is the weirdest one to start with. Because I yeah, was that's... like, oh, I can't wait to watch the first episode of this two-parter. Never saw it. And... <laughs> I was just like, oh, this show is amazing. Like, I can't believe that something like this exists that's making fun of so many things that I watched as a kid, but at the same time also really embracing them in a loving way. Oh, yeah. So, like, they really love their source material. Yeah, exactly. Uh, it's kind of insane. It is. So I went um, out and bought, like, all the DVDs and everything and just went from there and just, like, continued to watch it. I mean, that's kind of like specifically with today's episode. So what we're going to be doing is going through uh, every single episode of Venture Brothers. Each episode will hopefully be around a half hour. We'll see how it goes. But uh, I never came to, since we're starting in the beginning, which is the very best place to start, uh, I never saw the first episode until after I'd finished, I want to say, season four or five. Oh, wow. Yeah, like it it was uh, very late because I just... I always had been told by other Venture Brothers fans that the first episode is technically the second episode, and if you really want to watch the rough pilot, you can, but it's right. not very good. Um, yep. Yeah, they, they, they were not wrong. <laughs> no. Uh, so today's episode will be all about that episode, uh, which is the terrible secret of Turtle Bay, um, which is the best part of the entire episode is the title, I think. Um, yeah. It's it's still a really fun episode to talk about, and there's a ton of Easter eggs in there that come to play later in the show, which is really cool. For uh, sure. For fans, it's fun to dive into it, even if it's not one that's going to make you laugh, I don't think. Um, but I still think it's a fun one to dive into. Yeah, I think this is something you would probably watch only if you would, like you said, I mean, you came to it very late. I think very it's late, probably yeah. the time to come in to see that the world building's already there, but they really didn't have a strong grasp of many of the characters besides maybe brock sampson and the monarch and even brock sampson's kind of a one note like i just kill people and exactly the monarch is like way more stoic and not fun and he's just kind of a pain in the ass and the kids are just such kids yeah like and they still are in season one i mean more so definitely than like later on in the show but 
man, that first episode, it's like they're completely different characters. Yeah, and they're basically the same, which is, I think, the, yeah. uh, the hardest part about the show is, or at least that first pilot, is that you're just like, who gives a shit about these kids at all? Because yeah. <laughs> there's there's just nothing about them to really like latch onto. They don't have a personality. They don't seem distinct from each other besides the way they look. Yeah, and like, there's just... Like, I, I want to kind of talk about, like, that sort of thing, because there's a lot of, like, White is in the episode, uh, Professor yeah. Impossible's in the episode, Billy shows up. Uh, really, the only, like, Baron Underbite isn't there, but he doesn't really become a major thing till a little bit later, but they mentioned him in the actual first episode. Yeah. Uh, and I'm not sure was... Um... God, did White even have a line? Or does he just sit in the No, background? he does. He makes fun of the the doctor. I think that's right, that's uh, right. Billy yeah. doesn't have a line. Billy, I think, is just there. I thought I, I might have had a bad Maybe Billy I thought, does. Yeah, I mean, either way. I mean, I watched these things yesterday. And, like, that's the thing is, like, I watched the second episode, which will be next week's episode. And, like, I'm laughing. I'm having a great time. And I remember, and I'm watching this one just going, like, this is more just, like, an archaeological dig of, like, <laughs> yeah, hey, where did sure. these things come from? Um, well, and what's really weird, too, is it's they don't really have the sense of humor down. Like, besides the, the obvious stuff, like, if you go and watch the episode, it's very slow. It has a lot of dead air, which is very dissimilar for a Venture Brothers show. I think, generally speaking, one of the strongest things about a Venture Brothers episode is how tight they are. Yeah, and their pacing is impeccable. Exactly. And this episode is the opposite of that. Like, it's <laughs> it's, it's not to, like, shit all over it, but it is, like, a very slow pilot. Yeah. They do a good job with world building, but, man, that's about it. Yeah, because it's one of those things where, like, when you're watching it, it's like, if it wasn't for the world building, I don't think this show would have gotten picked up. Exactly. Like, you look at it, it's like, oh, it's pretty cool, you know, it's like a modern scientist. It's kind of like an updated Johnny Quest. That's pretty cool, who actually comes into the show later. Yes. Uh, and it's like, yeah, there's some cool things in there, but as far as, like, just comedy and, like, characters, like, it's if it stayed at this quality, we wouldn't have this podcast. Like, there, there would have been no. nothing to obsess over. Well, there probably this... wouldn't even be a first season. Yeah, like, it, it's just kind of insane. So, for those of you who don't know, uh, the first episode, the one that we're talking about today, it came out in February of twenty of 2003, and then the second episode, which will be next week's episode, came out in August of 2004. So, like, there was a huge chunk of time between the two of them. And I, I, I didn't yeah. watch these as they aired. I'm going off of what I found on IMDb, so if I'm wrong, please blow me up and let me know. But uh, that was everything that I could find on it. And then, really, just nobody talks about this episode. So, I feel... We should kind of move through just, like, plot-wise of, like, where it goes and kind of what we like and don't like about it. And then, uh, yeah. 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 Um, the... so, so, do you remember, like, uh, beyond just rewatching it, do you remember the plot? If you, if I were to say, like, pick a Venture Brothers episode, like the first one, can you tell me what it's about? Could you even do it? Not without having just watched it yeah. yesterday. Because I feel like I can do it with a lot of episodes. Like, you give me, like, a, a name and some time around where it's at, and I can pretty much give you the plot. Yep. But this one oh. is like, nope. I remember, no. I always remember there's a ninja who's after Dr. Venture and you think it's for bad reasons and you find out it's just to masturbate to his machine, which is hysterical. Yeah. Like that is the sort of humor that later comes into play, but much faster. Yes. And with an actual payoff. Like it's a very, yeah, yeah it, it, it's an odd reveal. It is, but I, I still like it because it still feels very, like there's a lot of jokes in here. I think I even wrote one of them down that still feel very Venture Brothers. Um, but then there's things like Brock Sampson where it's like Brock Sampson is a great character and I, I love him. But in this one, it's just he's just there to beat the shit out of people, which is funny and it's great. But it's different. Yeah. 
Like, uh, like the best it, example uh, before we keep moving down the plot no, is no, like no. there's going. a uh, there's a part right in the beginning where Brock beats the shit out of some mummy and then pees on him, and it's like. As funny as that is, that's something that would never happen throughout the rest of the show. No. But I still find it funny. I still enjoy it. I still, like, I even like the, the follow-up punchline that feels very Venture Brothers. Like, you have to completely discredit him or what, I don't remember exactly how they phrased it, but you have to completely do this to totally get him to die. And he's like, oh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, of course. It's like, it's but very Venture Brothers. a tag that's like, oh, he actually wasn't a mummy. He was just a guy. And you're like, but... Oh, okay. Like they hadn't quite worked out the formula of these some of these reveals that the world is normal at times and then the world is also very like embroiled in like Hanna-Barbera sort of <laughs> mythology. Yeah. Cuz like comparing this episode to the one that we would do, you know, for next week is you have similar beats like with the Chupacabra and it's the same kind of reveal as the mummy, but they're completely different attitudes towards them. Oh yeah, it's very it's very interesting. Like I think that they didn't really that joke with the peeing on the mummy. I also laughed at, and then where it revealed it's a person, you're just like, well, then okay. Like it just didn't quite. They didn't know what joke to choose, so they chose both. Yeah, and they they just never really got to the uh, like the humor that they later nailed down of like the henchmen are expendable people. Exactly. And, like, there, there's something that, like, that's kind of a rough pill to swallow if you don't really know what you're sitting down for. But uh, in the rest of the series, like, the world is so pitch perfect that, like, they're murdering the shit out of everybody. And it's like, it's funny. You're laughing with them. And then you go to this first one. It's like, it's just kind of mean. Yeah, exactly. Like, when uh, Brock kills, oh, what does he kill? He kills something on the front lawn. It's not the, oh, it's the crocodile or yeah. the alligator. And everyone's horrified, and generally speaking, like, they would usually undercut that with somebody being, which is, weirdly enough, what they do in the next episode, with somebody being, like, enamored with Brock. And in this, everyone's just horrified, so you're not really sure as an audience member to sympathize with Brock, or you're supposed to be horrified with the people in the show. It's weird. Yeah, and it's it's kind of fun going back now that we're we're waiting on the next season and we're just kind of like in this limbo area and going back to like the beginning where it's like where Brock was like you look at him now and it's like he's a loving father esque figure and you go back to the beginning and he's just murking people on the front lawn. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> honestly, like early season Brock is my favorite Brock. It's so <laughs> much fun. Like I, I that's I, I might not love this episode, but I still really like Brock in it. Like it's not the same Brock, but it's still funny. It's still enjoyable. Exactly. Um. Moving a little bit forward throughout the plot, yes. uh, I, I like the, uh, I really like, more so in this episode than any other episode from here on out, this one kind of feels like in the beginning they're trying to play with the idea of Venture being good at his job. Yes. <laughs> like, not knowing messaging and not knowing the right time to reveal things, but still being good at designing and creating things. Exactly. Um, that seems super strange to me. Yeah, like, looking at, like, from where we are now to back then with this one specifically, and I promise we won't do this with every episode of just compare it to where it is now. This one's just kind of, you can't uh, help it. But, like, it's just kind of cool. Like, oh, yeah, for a while there, they thought Venture would be a stand-up normal dude. Yeah. And, well, and uh, to, to defend ourselves very briefly in in that kind of category, the it's really hard not to compare it against some of the other stuff because of how starkly different it is. Yeah. It's like going early on in the Simpsons episodes where Smithers wasn't yellow, he was, like, brown, which is oh, yeah. weird to 
compare and contrast that to where Smithers ends up because they just didn't know what what Smithers was as a character so they could experiment with it a little bit more and this probably this pilot probably wouldn't say shouldn't have been aired but compared to the rest of it it's so vastly different it's hard not to just look at it and go like how did this become this yeah because i think you're right i think this was uh and and i have very like i'm just a fan like i'm not a scholar on this stuff at all like i just love it so much and that's why i want to do this show but like you look at it and it's uh, it's wonderful to see the world because you can see that's what they that was the pitch of the show was the world exactly. it wasn't the characters and that's why i think the characters changed so much from episodes one to two because the boys are like you said earlier they're essentially the same character they're just different looking and then by the next episode hank and dean are starkly different people yes um which is half the joy of the show like calling it the venture brothers in the beginning made i think more sense in the first couple of seasons because they were more of the central point and then throughout it, it becomes more of like a family ensemble thing but in the first show, calling it Venture Brothers, it made no sense because they're basically a footnote. Right, exactly. And like you're saying, like the the dad's, you know, Doctor Venture's competent, and Brock is just kind of like this violent killing machine, and everyone kind of feels very flat. But that's usually the way it works in a pilot. Like very rarely does a pilot kind of like really understand, like is born fully formed. Like it's almost yeah. almost always kind of like a learning progress so it's yeah there really isn't much for character but there's a ton of world building stuff like they really do kind of establish what is the earliest parts of what is essentially the osi even though they call it the un yeah like the idea of like this umbrella group that exists as good and then you have this kind of like seedy underbelly, which is where the ninja guy exists, kind of, but it's definitely where the monarch exists. Like they kind of establish that you have this umbrella and then you have this basin. And so it kind of creates like this egg y thing. And it's interesting. Like they definitely have the world set up to where super scientists exist, blah, blah, blah and everything feels natural. It's just so different it's just hard to get get around that yeah beyond the world building it's just not that engaging of an episode but i mean there are really cool things in there like i I like that general man hours in there like man hour comes back throughout the entire show like one of my favorite episodes is centered around a pitch to general man hour and a general man hour and it's like it's really cool seeing him here as like this kind of blip speaking role in the not osi exactly um, that one was really cool, and then I thought there was a, another note that I took. Oh yeah, they uh, they hint at um, uh, his brother in his belly. Oh yeah, yeah. That like, part I had, like, which is such a huge part. Port. Oh my goodness, it's a huge <laughs> part of uh, the whole first season is just these dreams that he's having about himself, and then slowly introducing more and more and more to it. I thought that was really interesting. I was surprised that that existed so early on. Yeah, I didn't never because like, I remember it throughout, sprinkled throughout the first season, like everyone does. But I, I did not remember it in the pilot, and like this, it's like a one shot. And then uh, when he wakes up, he's like, "Oh, I was in the mommy place," and it's like, "Okay, so I could see how this is easily forgettable." But knowing where it goes, it's like, man, they they had that one planned from the get go, which I think is awesome. Like, I I love For seeing sure. those sorts of things, like the the long shot of because you know, in like a pitch session, they had to defend why that shot was there. 
So sure. the fact that it had that one plan from the very beginning, I thought was really cool. Um, oh, yeah. I guess here's a question I have for you. How much, if you had to take a guess, how much do you think is planned out? Because I was doing some reading and it seems like the world had been established um, by, uh, oh, I can't remember his name. It's Doc Cameron and Jackson Public, right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. How much do you, because it's Jackson Public's brainchild, basically, like, I feel like the impression I get from watching that episode is, okay, so the pacing isn't quite the same, like, some of the stuff isn't quite the same, but I do feel like he had a plan for all of those characters. Like, I do feel like the the skeletons of those characters existed, I just don't necessarily feel like they were as fleshed out as they were an episode later. Yeah, I can so see I, that. I, I mean... I don't know. Like I, I love to believe in in Jackson Public because he he just does such amazing things. Um, but I, I have a feeling a lot of it was just kind of like pipe dreams of like, eh, if this works, then this will work. But if it doesn't, then I don't need to go that way. So right. I don't know how much of it was like planned out and how much of it was happy coincidence. Yeah, maybe. I mean, like. The casting for the show is incredible. Like, it's really surprising that they didn't really recast anybody from, say, the pilot on. Like, everybody is really, really good at what they are, which is really surprising that from the pilot they kind of had the talent set up already. Um, Oh, yeah. But, yeah, I guess you're right. I bet some of it is circumstance. Definitely the the dreams are are a plant. I don't think he necessarily knew what he wanted to do with the brothers yet. But you still have the monarch, like you still have, you know, seeds of what the show ends up becoming. And I guess we'll never know what was planned and what wasn't. But it's interesting to think about, at least. And it's really cool, like just looking at uh, like the monarch in particular, because they clearly had a totally different design on him. And uh, Dr. Girlfriend was pretty much the same, Um, but they didn't have. I'm totally blanking on his name now uh i didn't have like 21 or 20 uh no. 24 and the the henchman just looked totally different um yeah but it's Even awesome because it's totally different but i love that later on in the show they go back to those original suits yeah. and use it as like back in the day what they used to wear like it's i think that's exactly. a really cool um thing uh, i'm looking up now just because i i'm you know i'm me uh, and from what I can tell, and I'm sure people would love to tell me I'm wrong on this, Doc Hammer did not work on the pilot at all. No, no, I looked it up too because I was yeah. just very, very interested. But I don't think he works on an episode technically, I guess, until episode three, which is, or I guess two, depending on where you put the pilot. If you put the pilot at zero or if you put it at one. But Yeah, in the IMDb numbering, it's a zero. God. Uh, and then the first one is the first one. Yeah. Um, so okay. today we're episode zero. Um, and now I'm just cruising through to see if he shows up again. And I, I think you're right. I don't think he shows up in the second episode either. Oh, no, he does. He's He does Dr. Girlfriend and Speedy from then on. So, yeah, the only episode I don't think he's in would be the one that we're talking about today. Oh, he doesn't? Dr. Girlfriend doesn't talk, I guess, in the pilot? She does, but her voice is totally different. Oh, I didn't catch that. Yeah, her voice is uh, totally different in that one. Um I'm looking now to try to figure out who voiced her, and I don't see it. So maybe it was him, and I, I just can't find it. But uh, I don't even see her name in the credits. I just see... Interesting. She probably just, like, got glossed over, because if she has a line, it's a very, very quick one. Yeah. Like... And it's like uh, like you look at um, Professor Impossible. Like, that's clearly yeah. not Stephen Colbert. <laughs> no. And it's clearly not what ends up becoming the... Pro- 
the impossible voice because Stephen Colbert disappears after like season three or whatever. Yeah. Um, so Doc Hammer did work on the episode. He was the editor. Oh, okay. Um, so he was clearly still there because I thought they'd been friends for years. I just wasn't sure yeah. uh, how much he had done. So maybe he did do the voice and just didn't get credit for it. It's possible. Possible. Um, this is what you get for listening to an episode of just fans and not like total super nerds. Um, but yeah, it's it's still just, I love looking at this sort of thing, just trying to see like how A led to B, because this one it's like it's as we've been saying kind of over and over again, it's just it's it's more of like a an educational episode instead of like I want to have a great time laughing in an episode, for sure. And it, uh, it, what's really I mean I think like a testament to the the structure of the episode is that pretty much everybody comes back except for the ninja. The ninja I think was just kind of like a gag for the episode, but he's kind of treated that way too, which is why I didn't love the reveal so yeah, much. Totally. Um, the other joke that I think was very venture brothers and I think landed, uh, wonderfully is, uh, the whole Monarch plan to send the meteor to the front lawn to attack everybody. Exactly. And the meteor lands on the door. And then instead of like inspecting it, like they even say, I bet you want to go check that out. I was like, nah, we don't have time. And they just leave. It's yep. like that is a very Venture Brothers joke of just like, uh, here it comes, and uh, never mind. <laughs> yep, that, that's just the end of it. There's just uh, no, and they never cut back. Like it's just like those henchmen are completely ignored There's... for the rest of the episode. <laughs> and you just assume they died a horrible death, not knowing where to poop, and as most like... <laughs> as most monarch henchmen do. But like that's, I think that's why I still will always enjoy going back to the episode, even though like when I messaged you when we're talking about it, like this episode's terrible. Yeah. And it's not that it's and, and, uh, terrible is a strong word because it's it's terrible in comparison to the rest of Venture Brothers, which I've told right. many people is my favorite show of all time. So it's like if it's the worst slice of pizza on the pie, it's not that bad. Exactly. Um, it's just a soggy slice of pizza is all it is. It's still good. You know, it's just compared yeah. to the rest of the pizza that wasn't soggy. You're like, eh, OK. Yeah. I mean, I guess I'll still eat it. It's here. Exactly. Uh, uh, is there anything like I'm trying to keep these episodes as tight as possible? Is there anything yeah. we haven't talked about in this one that you really think that we need to mention? No, I don't think so. I mean, I think that there's a lot of pieces there, but I think as a whole, like it's just it, it, we talked about the pacing, we talked about how slow it is, we talked about how kind of the characters hadn't quite become fleshed out yet, and I think that's about it because. That's really all that... Oh, I guess one one thing I did want to talk about. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking out loud a little bit, but where the boys go with uh, the prostitute. Oh, yeah. that That is a weird thing that keeps coming up, like, periodically throughout the show is the boys are put into these, like, very adult situations and their naivete kind of is just a recurring thing. Um, sometimes it's sexual, sometimes it's violent, sometimes it's just you know something that they probably shouldn't have any interest in but they do because they're sleuths quote unquote <laughs> yeah and it's an interesting thing to that like is also brought up in the pilot i don't think it's handled particularly well not that they like bundle it it's just just not that funny compared to some of the other stuff later but i think yeah. it's interesting to kind of see the seeds of that are at least planted that this is what he wanted to explore in this show yeah, I, uh, it's very much the idea of these uh, boy adventurers like being put into legitimate, like horrifying situations, and they're still treating it like the Johnny Quest boy adventurer. And it's like this. I, I think that's kind of what brought me into Venture Brothers in the first place. 
uh, of this whole like fantastical world with very real horrifying elements done in this very comedic way. And this one did that, but I, I agree with you. It just, it didn't stick the landing. Exactly. Like, I, I love the payoff of Brock eventually bangs the hooker. Like, that feels very Brock, and, like, that worked. Exactly. But... <laughs> right up Brock's alley. <laughs> oh, yeah. And even, like, the joke of, I still have $300. Like, ah, oh, three bills will buy you a lot. It's like, it's, mm-hmm. it's very Venture Brothers. But it just doesn't... I think it was just a little too R-rated for the boys at that level of being naive. Right. There's like, like a yeah yeah I was there's scaling that I I feel I feel like the scaling was off like if they had gone not full blown prostitute saying have sex with me like there, I feel like there should have been middle ground that might have landed better for sure there's like a a quote that um, John Mulaney had where he was talking about his failed show and he was basically like after the show came out and it failed like people basically told me like. They liked the show, but some of the stuff that he was doing was just, like, not first-season stuff. Like, I guess they did a body-switching episode, and he was like, that's not something you do before people get to know the characters. And to me, this kind of feels like, oh, like, I can see the seeds of what this becomes, but this is not necessarily something I would do before I really understand, like, who Hank and Dean are. Yeah, and it's not something, like, as egregious as, say, like, the first episode of Black Mirror of, like, oh, that's a big buy-in. Like, it's not quite like that, but it is... I feel like it, it walks that line of like, is that, do I really want to tune in every week to watch that? Exactly. Maybe, but I don't know. Yeah, but that's why it also feels like a pilot. And that yeah. I, what I was trying to say earlier is that it just probably was shouldn't be aired, not because it was bad, but just because it's like, oh, there's a lot of ideas. They're just not quite finely tuned. And then you go to the actual first episode and you're like, yeah, this just feels like it could have been a third season episode. This just, like, they figured it out. Yeah, yeah, totally. So I, I think if if for some reason you're listening to our show and you've never actually watched The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay, uh, I think if you're a fan of Venture Brothers, you wouldn't be listening to this podcast. So you'd probably enjoy it, at least for what it is. Like, you'll enjoy it to see these characters that you didn't think were important, but clearly they had plans for because uh, they come back. Like, there's a lot of really cool wonderful things for Venture Brothers fans but if you've been on the fence with Venture Brothers or you're only kind of a casual fan th- this is uh, as skippable, skippable as they get and in my opinion the most skippable episode out of all six seasons 100% it's like a comedian's comedian episode like don't watch it unless you're already on board like you're not going to probably enjoy it if like Brian's saying you're coming in for the first time yeah, and unfortunately, and I mean that unfortunately, it, now that Hulu has bought all the rights to so many Adult Swim shows and so many shows like this, uh, they've now restructured the numbering. So number one is The Terrible Secret of Turtle Bay, Oof. which I, I think is horrible just for – because Venture Brothers has this weird stigma that only nerds are into it. So a lot of people don't watch it when honestly I think it's more – I think it's more approachable than something like Rick and Morty. Uh, for sure. And Rick and Morty, like, gets this huge fan base, and Venture Brothers doesn't, so now that, like, there's more people who are getting more and more into these really ludicrous animated shows, if the first episode they go to for this one is this one, and not, like, the rest of us, the, the Dia de los Dangerous, like, yep. I, I think, I think it'd lose a lot of extra viewers, and it's, I, I for me, as a stupid Venture Brothers fan, that's heartbreaking. It is, and, you know, the only thing I can say is just steer clear until you're on maybe your second viewing i mean the show is unlike i guess here's the best way i can put it 
unlike the rest of this episode is very slow and very plotting but i think that the rest of the episodes are so starkly different they're very quick but in a good way they're not like just jumping from thing to thing there's a purposeful attitude towards everything and this episode just meanders a lot it doesn't really quite figure out where it wants to go or what it wants to do and then the episode kind of ends and there's bits that are good but this is not a good place to start if you're looking to get into the show and the second episode which we'll talk about next week as we keep saying does such a better job introducing everyone and everything that i think when they eventually started the show up it was the right choice to just start with the second one and never go back to this one a hundred percent um but that's really all i have to talk about for this one uh was there anything else i think we're good no i think we're good this is okay. you know i think this is all we really need to talk about yeah um so we'll wrap this one up here this is uh the end of uh first episode i hope people enjoyed listening to it we did kind of a shallow dive on it but i think that's i think that's kind of fun i i just like uh reminiscing about how much i love this show it's the best show i mean i i like i've said before uh earlier in this episode and on after the hype if you listen to that like venture brothers is my favorite show of all time uh and i i just i when i talk to people kind of like your wife uh who's like ah, i like it i just don't love it i'm like but but how like it's just yeah i don't get it but i think it's one of those things i think here's my strategy for for reintroducing savan to it is i think that the show bizarrely the first two seasons don't really actually i'll take take that back the first season has moments but doesn't really hit its stride until the second season yeah, And I think that it's the second season where they actually flesh the world out even more, and then it becomes, like, fascinating. It just becomes this... It's like what people must have, like, experienced when they were in, like, the 80s and 14 and Dungeons & Dragons, like, came out. Where it was like, yeah. oh, shit. Like, that's the kind of shit that I want to devote a lot of time thinking about. Yeah, because, like, like, after a little bit, and it takes a little bit, but I think it's partially budgetary, partially not knowing how far they can take things, the doors just get blown off this thing. And then by the time you're in seasons four, five, six, it's like, it's just, like, it can't get any crazier, and then it gets crazier. And Exactly. And that's why I, I will always enjoy, even if I don't love the episode, I'll always enjoy coming back to this one, because I always like seeing, like, humble beginnings. Like, whenever I finish a season of Game of Thrones, I always watch the very first episode afterwards, because I love seeing the beginning to where it goes and i I just think that's fascinating that makes sense very actually something just occurred to me very very quickly uh before we start jumping into the next episode yeah i actually think that the first season and even the second season are more about the world and i think it's after that that it becomes more about the characters and i think that's what actually becomes really interesting is that they're like you know what maybe we've taken as much of like kind of like the world as like a funny kind of thing to play with as far as it could possibly go and if we focus on the characters existing in that world then that becomes more of where the humor is and more of the heart and more of the body of the show yeah that makes sense yeah okay yeah yeah totally sweet (laughs) (laughs) you solved venture (laughs) brothers all right that's it (laughs) <laughs> I guess this is the first and last episode of this podcast. Yeah, right? I guess we covered everything with that. 
Ugh. <laughs> Where do we go from here? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so I'll say that, that we should probably bring this one to a close here. Um, but yeah, so we will keep dropping in the After the Hype feed. So if you're already listening to After the Hype, great. This one will pop up. Uh, if you're just showing up for our Venture Brothers show, also awesome. Thank you for doing so. Uh, be sure to check out the other episodes. Uh, I'm not sure if any of the old episodes with Nick as a co-host After the Hype are still live. They might have had to been taken down just because we have so many now. Yeah. Um, which is sad. Good oh, riddance. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, back from the days when we were recording on Inagra on the floor of my bedroom. Yes. Yeah, yeah it sounds a little better now. Um, but yeah, uh, I look forward to the next episode. I think it was a lot of fun. Yeah, me too. Okay, so thank you everybody, and bye! Bye!